Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the action of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doctor, homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Because the food tastes great. I mean, there's no, there's no, I mean, it's chicken. It's fried chicken. It's fried chicken. I like fried chicken. Welcome to Yakuza Cake Radio. Um, so I was listening to uh, some 80s music earlier, and I was thinking, you know, there was a lot of signs, like, early on that George Michael was gay. And the thing that stands out to me the most is... Uh, is the dancing, you know, he really leaned into the dancing side of things, like the wake me up before you go-go song, right, he's going on about, you know, he's trying to be with this uh, person now, you know, he pitches kind of like girl and this and that, you know, but, you know, it kind of leans on just saying baby a lot, because, you know, then I could kind of be anybody, and uh, he's saying, you know, like, you know, if we go dancing, everything will be all right, and then, you know, like a, a little while later in the song, I think, like, you know, he starts to get more uh, fixated on, like, the banging part. And then he's like, well, you know, um, we could stay home because the bed's warm and they can go dancing instead. Which, like, you know, shows me that, like, 
regardless of what his mindset is, he's trying to do with his night. He has to know that somebody somewhere is dancing, whether it's him or the other people or whatever the case is. The dancing is a very key part of the night for he just needs to know what's going on because, you know, he's about about it. And, um, you know, and then, then you look at the other song and, he, you know, the focal point of his sadness is, uh, you know, he's never going to dance again. You know, like if I never danced again, I don't think I'd even be upset by it. There's a good chance I might never dance again. Um. I just think there were a lot of signs, you know, early on. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying. Uh, didn't he fucking die on Christmas? That's a motherfucker. Uh, but, you know, great artist and, uh, you know, good songs. All the songs I'm I'm talking about are uh, legit. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think early on there was a lot of things. It was like, you know, this guy's a little bit too much into dancing. You know? But just taking a stab at it. But uh, I, don't, I don't think he's talking about a girl right now, you know? I mean, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, um, so it's Thanksgiving. Um, my mother's in the hospital. Um, she was rushed to the hospital yesterday. Um, she went to urgent care, and then uh, her blood pressure was extremely low, so and her fingers were numb. So they rushed her from urgent care to the emergency room. Uh, she's now in critical care unit today. Uh, she has pneumonia. So, uh, it's, it's only a single ammonia, pneumonia where, you know, I mean, it doesn't sound like a fantastic thing, especially being in the critical care unit. But, uh, two years ago, it was like, it was like on or around my birthday because they had thrown me like a surprise party for my 40th birthday. That wasn't technically on my actual birthday. But that day she was rushed to the hospital and, and, and almost died. She had double pneumonia and she really, I mean, she spent a bunch of time in there and really almost fucking died. And you know, that was almost like two years ago now. So, um, I mean, I guess a better entry point than she had last time. So I could look at it that way, but yeah, definitely, definitely not a good thing going into any kind of holiday and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, or, or any, I mean, it could be fucking, you know, the middle of June, it doesn't really need to be a holiday for that to be an issue. So, you know, that's, that's what that is. Um, what else I got? A bunch of other things. I'm over here watching the fucking Saints and the Falcons and the Saints just went in for a touchdown, which is good for what I need. Um, you know, I start off the day with the fucking three game parlay and I got fucking, uh, I got the Bears. Now, this is the bullshit, right? I was on the fence about some of my other games, like, all all week going into this. So I said, you know, man, I don't know. Obviously, I want to do the three-game parlay. The Bears are pretty much like, yeah, I'm going to pick the Bears. And as the week went on, it was like, oh, well, even more reason to pick the Bears because then the Lions' backup quarterback was, was ruled out. And then, you know, the third string quarterback that never played in the NFL was suddenly going to be the go-to guy. Now I was on the fence about the Saints and the uh, the Falcons game because, I mean, you remember only three weeks ago, the fucking Falcons rocked the Saints. Like, Drew Brees couldn't move back there. He was just getting sacked over and over and over. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't do anything. The Falcons were pretty beastly. Um, the Falcons also handled the uh, the Panthers within the past three weeks and that same Panthers team took the fucking uh, Saints to the wire 
So now the Saints are a way better team. They have a way better record when we're talking about playoffs. Playoffs? Um, you're talking about the Saints going to the playoffs, no question about it, and the, the Falcons not standing a chance. So it should be clear money to say, yeah, fucking Saints, but what the Falcons have been up to lately, they're on somewhat of a hot streak where the Saints are kind of clinging to you know, relevance and, and, you know, they're not the dominant team they were. And it's kind of week to week. Last time these guys met just a couple of weeks ago, they had their number that was in new Orleans. This is in Atlanta. So I keep thinking like, fuck, man, what do I do with this game? So before I put the parlay, I had a lot of thinking to do, you know, I ended up going with the saints. Saints are favored by six and a half. So I'm going with the saints, but, and I was going to go with the bills. Cause again, I don't think the Cowboys are that strong. The bills have a better record. And, um, you know, the Cowboys, they had favored by six and a half and I just didn't buy it. You know what I mean? So the plan was bears bills. And then I was on the fence about that. I almost went Falcons and said, you know what? I I think the saints bounce back and get revenge no matter what building they're in. But anyway, as of yesterday, the spread for the bears game was three and a half because again, I guess they were basing that on the um, the Lions' backup quarterback, who although might not be any kind of threat, at least he's played an NFL game before. So today I, I said, all right, I, I put it off and put it off, still thinking about it. This morning I wake up, the spread's fucking five or five and a half. And uh, because now the the backup quarterback's been ruled out. They're down to third string. Guys never played in the NFL before. All of this bullshit. Um, so what fucking happens? First, first throw of this guy's NFL fucking career. He throws a 75-yard touchdown. I'm at work. You know what I mean? Like, um, so... I'm just seeing the score. Like you, you gotta be the fucking lines are up. Yeah, I mean, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Um. So anyway, the Bears end up winning, but you know how much they won by, right? Four. So that's that's what goes on. Yeah, I mean that that's what fucking goes on in the betting world. So, um, I always put down you know like a handful of parlays per week, like five ish parlays a week. So pretty much put down fifty. I put ten dollar bets down three-game parlays, so every one of those parlays has a chance to win back my money plus a little bit, you know, if I, if I win a three-game parlay off 10 bucks, it's usually like 65 bucks or something like that, you know, and I, I hit and miss on, you know, a couple and stuff, so, you know, you can go way up from, depending if you win a couple of them, I mean, obviously, you lose all of them, which I do quite often, um, you lose, but it's fun for me, because I, I keep track of the whole league, I'm looking at everything, not just my guys, I'm I'm invested in the whole thing, so to me, it's worth it, you know what I mean, people waste money on nothing with no chance of a return, at least there's, you know, a chance of a return on this type of thing, so, and it's just football season, after they legalized sports betting in New Jersey, I, I did it on, um, you know, the first season they did, and then, you know, I, I got really into it, and then I thought, like, fuck, man, like, Maybe I'll I'll start like getting into basketball like that and this and that. And as soon as football season ended, I just I didn't. I just I didn't know enough about it. I didn't have enough invested to be like, oh, I have a good feeling about this. Like the point spread and the swings like that. Like you know, with the way basketball works, scoring wise, I said, you know what, I I just left it alone. So either way, like I said, it's just football season anyway. So I I'm pretty comfortable with it. And um, so then I placed another one. 
figuring I won't throw out the other two games. I want to use those for my week anyway. So I got the Bills, uh, again, underdog, six and a half points. They went on and beat the fucking Cowboys. And then, again, I got the, the Saints favored by six and a half. Now they're up seven, nothing. And the, the Falcons are driving pretty easily right now. So, uh, you know, it's it's, it's going to be anybody's game. It should be a battle out here, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, so that's that. Um, what's the first thing I want to get into besides that? I mean, we can just go right off of this into the other football shit. Um, so Colin Kaepernick had a workout last week. And, uh, you know, look, just to recap my feelings on the whole Kaepernick thing to begin with, um, I, I call bullshit on, uh, bullshit on his whole fucking agenda and his whole thing to begin with. Reason being, I just hit my, uh, cold brew coffee cup on the fucking mic. Um, reason being, I'm, I'm a 49er fan. I'm a 49er fan with a Colin Kaepernick jersey in the closet. And, uh... I don't mean like it's in the closet, like it's, you know, like it's uh, like a hidden thing. Like, you know, I was, I was wearing it regularly while I failed on the field. Now, when Colin Kaepernick was at his best, um, running quarterback started to be uh, a very big thing. Um, he, he had broken off some very big plays. At one point, he was labeled as the fastest, um, you know, running speed quarterback in the NFL. He he saw an opening. He was taken off, and he was he was breaking off some big runs. He could also throw downfield, but um, what happened was when he started, they started figuring him out. They started figuring him and many other quarterbacks out. RG three, I mean, got destroyed back there as a quarterback because the NFL defenses figured out your RG threes, your Colin Kaepernick's. And then it was, can you adjust to being a pocket passer? Or can you be a mobile quarterback who throws accurately? Can you use your speed to get out of the way from defenders and as well see guys downfield? Do you have that type of poise? And um, can you manage the, the heat and the stress back there? He could not. Now, Colin Kaepernick, when he went to the uh, the Super Bowl, um, he was making a lot of plays, but our defense was what carried him there. So let's not make any mistake because, again, everybody's agenda pushes them in a direction where they start rewriting history. Well, I was a Niner fan. I, I'm a diehard Niner fan. So you're not going to tell me what, what Colin Kaepernick was and wasn't for the 49ers because I was, I was fucking there as a full-on fan. And when he went to the Super Bowl – um, you know, he made a lot of plays that, that helped us get there, believe me, because, again, his running quarterback ability was in full effect. They didn't figure shit out yet. And with a monster defense with Patrick Willis, uh, who, by the way, I hope gets into the Hall of Fame first ballot this year. Um, it's his first chance to get in this year. Um, so, but when he was in the Super Bowl and leading up to that, his only gimmick, his only agenda his only stance statement fucking anything was kissing his bicep when he got a big play whether it be a first down a touchdown any fucking thing that's all he would do is he kiss his bicep he didn't tell you about anything he felt about he didn't tell you anything uh that was weighing on his mind or any thoughts he had on oppression or or any kind of shit like he he just 
kissed his fucking bicep. That was what his deal was. Um, following season of that, he really started to fall off. The defenses started to figure out Colin Kaepernick. And I, as a fan, have never felt more defeated as a 49er fan. In the first quarter, we could be down 7 nothing, And it wasn't, it wasn't, um... It wasn't me being, like, pessimistic, but I felt defeated for four fucking quarters. I sat there watching us have no chance. He'd be panicked. He'd be overthrowing. He was not only the fastest quarterback in the NFL, he was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL, which was really frustrating because um, Russell Wilson, who's, you know, still, I mean, doing his thing, was not as fast physically, but he was able to use his speed and his mobility to his advantage. And that's Russell Wilson's game, which is what I always hoped for Kaepernick. I always hoped he was able to get out of trouble and then find a guy downfield as they recreated routes. That's what Russell Wilson. He's awesome at that. I hate the fucking Seahawks and his Bruno Mars looking ass, but he he'll go back there. He'll make guys miss that, that have a beat on him and guys who were running an out route, turn that shit into a fucking uh, an in route by the time by the time he's done running around back there they could recreate something now he finds them open downfield and it's fucking curtains and and he's so hard to defend that way um you know and other guys who have locked into those roles um lamar jack lamar jackson um mahomes those are two guys who are able to really continue to see downfield. And uh, if they're able to take off, they take off. But they don't they don't fold under pressure the way that Kaepernick started to. And I'm telling you, like, it, it was absolutely hopeless watching these fucking games. He was not a guy. G, Jimmy G will throw a fucking interception, and you'd be like, oh, fuck, man. That shit was right to the other fucking guy. He'll come back the next drive. And throw in between two defenders, bam, hitting his fucking receivers. So there's guys who step up under pressure. They make a mistake and they recover from it. Kaepernick is a guy who would make one mistake and the whole game would be downhill from there. He'd be in like constant, like downward depression shit. He ended up being benched for Blaine Gabbert. That was not a better option. That was not something like, oh, Blaine Gabbert's our future. This was like, dude, we got to try something else. This guy is hopeless back there. He's not confident. He cannot fucking step up anymore. That was fucking what Colin Kaepernick was. So then going forward from that, we had Blaine Gabbert, who's fucking Blaine Gabbert. Like, he's not a good quarterback. He was never a good quarterback. He's been a joke in the league for a long time. So now when Kaepernick comes into um, training camp that following year after being benched for Blaine Gabbert, He's pretty much going to be the, our, our backup quarterback. He went from starting in the Super Bowl to backup quarterback now. Well, he he shows up in training camp. He is 15 pounds lighter, less muscle mass. Like, all that bicep shit that he was kissing, the biceps are fucking gone. Like, he, he's looking thin. He's wearing, and, and he started up his, his kneeling and all that before that. And this this was a flailing attempt to continue to get attention on himself. And it, and it worked completely. That's why his name is still even relevant right now. Um, he was wearing socks that had cops, uh, pigs dressed as cops on them. 
And let me just like stop right there for a second, because now if this is your statement, if this is your stance, and this is the same kind of bullshit that like, you know, Pinky's fuckboy Sanchez is on. Um, you know, if, if you're just going to yell like fuck the police and think there'll ever be a change and think you're part of a good change, then you're retarded. You, you're not a fucking smart person at all. You can't, you can't make change while clearly marking somebody, a, a group of people as your enemy. You, you can't do that. You just can't. Um, the same way that, you know, NWA back in the day, they came out with fuck the police and then the police were like, well, we don't want to fucking, we don't, we're not going to be at your concerts fucking protecting your shit. Like, get the fuck out of here. If that, if you're, if you're performing fuck the police, we're not doing security at the fucking venue. Like, you know, and that's not like biased. That's just like, I mean, yo, like you, <laughs> you're creating like violent speech against us and then, you expect us to show up? And, and again, like, I know it's not the same thing, the violence and this and that. Um, you know, what, what Kaepernick's doing is considered nonviolent and everything. And it isn't violent, but it definitely creates a major division. It doesn't show um, we're trying to fix a problem. It's saying, like, they're the fucking problem and pointing at a group of people, some of which are the problem and some of them aren't. Now, like the the injustices and the people who are killed uh, unlawfully uh, is is absolutely terrible. So make no mistake about it. What I say is is not based on me saying that, no, there's nothing wrong out there. But again, as I said before, there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that are being killed by other black people in the hood and children that are being shot down there was just an 11 year old boy that was shot at a fucking football game and and killed you know i mean like but there is no outrage there there's like oh that's a shame and this and that but there's no like stop the fucking game and that that involves football so there, there's not like a big movement. Let's stop the violence within our communities and, and let's fucking really try to like uh, uh, apply ourselves as athletes that have this big giant, uh, not that athletes are, are um, responsible for what's going on, but you know, you can, you can help the community that way. And you could try to bring some youth out of those, those, at-risk groups and things like that and say, hey, man, let's get you involved in athleticism and this and that. And there's a lot of athletes that have done that, that have supported youth groups and youth um, sports organizations and tried to, to fund these things to help better their communities. There's definitely a lot of that. Um, but that's not what Kaepernick's fucking thing was. Kaepernick's thing was let me kneel and, uh, you know, I, I'm standing against America. That's pretty much what he said. I, I refuse to honor the national anthem until the country fixes what's going on with that. Well, again, like such other giant fucking problems there are. We're just we're just not going to fucking pay attention to that. And I personally take it for what it's worth. And I don't care if you like it or not. But I don't like somebody holding the NFL hostage based on a, on a stance. I just don't. What if what if every Mexican player out there took a stance against people being held up at the borders and families being separated and they made a big stance on the NFL? I'm not doing it until the country fixes this. You know, what if, you know, um, the gay players took a stance against fucking, 
you know, a- any kind of hate crimes that are going on against gay people. What if, I, I mean, you know, the list goes on and on. Like, the, these are major fucking uh, problems, and th- they shouldn't be ignored. But, you know, look, I, I got 17 weeks of fucking regular season football. So if every single week that I turn on the football game, I got to worry about, like, oh, well, whose side is on who, and, oh, who's standing, and who's kneeling, and who's with it, and, uh, you know, and people are just, like, pissed off before the game goes on because that this one's standing with this one, this one's with that, uh, you know, again, Nobody even came out for the national anthem out of the locker rooms until they struck a deal with the um, with the military. Once they struck a deal with the military as an ass-kiss move, they wanted the players out there. They wanted to make a big spectacle of them playing the national anthem. So then it became an issue of who's standing, who's sitting, who's this, who's that, because it was televised. But before that, it wasn't televised. The guys weren't coming out of the locker room before the national anthem. So... You know, uh, other than maybe like the Super Bowl or something like that, but this is this is all kind of manufactured bullshit. And when Colin was taking a knee, I, I'm sorry, bringing awareness. I, I saw all of these things on the news on a regular thing. It got people riled up, but I don't know that it made a, a change. Did did somebody not get shot that would have gotten shot because of Colin? Because he kneeled and brought the NFL to a screeching halt. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. You know, so it's tying something to, like, football has nothing to do with it. So to go, like, I'm using my platform and this and that, you were on the biggest platform at all, and all you were about was kissing your fucking bicep. So I'm seeing through your bullshit right now. You're, you've, you've gotten yourself to the point where you're not a starting quarterback anymore. Obviously, your, your checks are going to start to come down a bit. No one's going to sign you. You're looking at the end of your contract coming up. So his contract runs up and they're like, yeah, we're not. You know, we've done everything we can with this guy on the football field and we're just done. You know, like this, this guy's not producing for us. Even when we try to put him back in because Blaine Gabbert failed, which everyone expected Blaine Gabbert to fail. He did it right. But, you know, I mean, it it just he wasn't going to like take over the league. He wasn't going to have the team fucking leading the division. Surely wasn't competing with the Seahawks and what Russell Wilson was doing. So it was, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't there. And you know, the rest of the league looking at a guy going, okay, this is a backup quarterback. Well, are we going to bring the media circus into town for our backup quarterback? No, we're fucking not. Is he better than a lot of backup quarterbacks? Absolutely. But do you want a media circus around a backup quarterback? No, you don't. Whether you agree with what he's doing or you don't, it, it doesn't it doesn't make it look like a very welcoming guy to bring into your team because now it's like you know they're walking past the fucking guy who who just won or lost the game, and and now the media is going to talk to the uh, the backup quarterback. Hey, Colin, uh, what do you think about the police presence at the stadium today? Uh, you know, I don't know, like. You know, when you kneeled during the anthem, were you thinking about anything specific? To, you know, the news story the other day came out. Did you see that? What was your thoughts on that, Colin? Like, you don't need that shit with your backup quarterback. So, to me, it wasn't really about, oh, well, that's because he stood up for something he, he cared about, and that's what the NFL's, uh, they don't, it just, they're not looking for that giant fucking distraction to a game that makes millions upon millions of fucking dollars. 
And again, he's not moving the fucking needle by kneeling and bringing awareness, like breast cancer awareness. But they, so they wear fucking pink jerseys for a month. No one knew about breast cancer until they wore pink jerseys for a month. It's a fucking money grab. It's all it is. Same way with fucking Colin Kaepernick got a huge fucking Nike contract, a contract that he wouldn't have gotten playing football. So Colin fucking sues the league, all this shit. You get people who don't even watch football going, I'm not watching football because they won't sign Colin Kaepernick. Shut the fuck. So then, um, then after all this time, this is like three years, this fucking guy, they organize a workout for him. And the workout they organized for him was going to be at the Atlanta Falcons stadium. And it was going to host every fucking team was going to have a representative come out and, and, um, you know, be able to view his workout to see whether he was still in shape or anything like that. And again, throwing it unguarded, uh, unguarded receivers without NFL fucking linebackers rushing you doesn't really prove a fucking thing. But this is an opportunity that was given to Colin Kaepernick when nobody else in the history of fucking football has ever gotten this. Nobody, the NFL has never held a workout for a guy to get like a walk on job that's been out of the league for a few years. It's just not happening. So they're really catering to this guy. And then it became, well, they didn't give him a lot of notice. And, they didn't, yeah. and it's like, dude, they do this for no one. They do this for fucking no one. So then there was a waiver that they wanted them to sign. And the waiver was a pretty much standard thing other than the only thing that wasn't standard because this workout wasn't standard. So the only thing that wasn't standard that was that was new as applying to this this situation was there was a clause in there that said, hey, look, if no one hires you, regardless of what you do in this workout, you can't sue us. Because they didn't hire you. Like, we're not, we don't have control over that. So you can't turn around and sue us because no one hired you following this workout because it's not, you know, we're trying to fucking give you an opportunity here. But if they don't hire you, that's not on us. He refused to sign the thing. Um, uh, three hours before the workout, he wanted to move it because he wanted his own camera crew on there. This is a guy who's, who's been nowhere near the media. He's done his fucking Nike sponsorship shit and all this stuff. And again, he talked to the media a whole lot more when he was in the fucking league and he was trying to bring everything to a screeching halt and bring attention to himself. As soon as he was out of the league, he had nothing to fucking say to anybody. You know what I mean? And then it was just, oh, Colin Kaepernick, the martyr. Like, you know, that that's that's what the fucking, that's what the big statement was. Um, You know, so th- this is the fucking issue with this guy. It's It's all bullshit. And he proved that. Because not only did he move the fucking workout, because then it went from it went from every team having a representative there. He moved it to a high school football field, and now eight teams were like, "All right, I guess we'll go we'll go watch this shit over there." The rest of the teams were like, "We're going home. We're not dealing with this fucking guy. He's pulling his shit already. He, he three fucking years out of the league, and uh, you know he's getting the opportunity. He's he's showing right now that he's not gonna fucking he's not gonna play along." So eight fucking teams go over there and watch him do his thing. He comes off the fucking field. He wears a fucking Kunta Kinte fucking t-shirt. Dude, this is a fucking job interview. This this is like a, a, a like a a resume in motion. Like this is this is like this is straight up a job interview. And you got a Kunta Kinte t-shirt on. You know, making slave references. And then they interview him, and he's going, 
three years I've been held down and, 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 and owners need to stop being scared. Y'all not y'all need to stop running away and hire me because you know y'all just scared. Dude, nobody is fucking hiring. Imagine going into any job, filling out an application, and when you write the last line, slamming the pen down on the application going, all I know is I'm better than everybody in this building, and y'all need to stop being scared to hire the best possible applicant for this job. They're going to go, fucking, should we call the cops? Or no? Uh, You know? And then when they leave, be like, fucking, yeah, right. We're not hiring that guy. So then, like, all of a sudden, you know, we're back into, oh, it's because he's black. You see what I mean? Like, get the fuck out of here. And people are, oh, he's throwing, like, an elite quarterback. You know an elite quarterback plays against a defense, right? And, and like, that's judged based on how they play against a defense. And last I saw him playing against a fucking defense, he looked pretty scared and helpless. That I just stop with the bullshit with this. Stephen A. Smith, go look up his rants on it. He was spot fucking on. And what, what goes on there? Then what goes on is you get you know, other guys like T.O. attacking fucking Stephen A. Smith and calling him an Uncle Tom and this and that and saying that that, that he's telling uh, Colin Kaepernick to shut up and play like the president was saying to LeBron and all that. Like that's, that's not what's going on here. You You can't walk into a job interview running your fucking mouth. And then go, we'll see, that's why they're hating. No, that's why you're stupid. You're fucking incredibly stupid and you don't deserve a job in the NFL because they don't need you. They don't need you. You could be the most qualified backup quarterback in the world. The NFL is going to go on without you. You yell and scream about this and that and how you deserve this and you being held down and this and that. And you're all lawyered up waiting for somebody to make the wrong move so you could jump on a fucking lawsuit. No one wants that in their fucking building. Straight up. That that that's that's what that fucking comes down to. Now here's another fucking thing. Let's go on to the next. Mike Vick continues to be a fucking NFL analyst that they put on TV and pretend like he didn't fucking murder and torture and fucking uh, kill dogs for fun, for his fucking leisure. This guy killed dogs. I was listening to an audio clip that they played from someone who was on like the the premises of where um Mike Vick did all this dog stuff and they're pointing and they said, you know, these right here is this um you know, th- this wooden uh setup. You know, it's got two two supports on the side and a, and a wooden plank that goes across and he used to hang dogs three three dogs at a time from this piece of wood here when they'd lose. So they'd kill them just hang them three at a time up here. There was dogs with their faces ripped off that had to get multiple, multiple surgeries just to try to survive when they came out of this situation. Most of these dogs, they they came out of these fighting rings and they would just euthanize them saying that they were completely, you know, um, unadoptable, unsavable. Um, they, they've been through too much violent action and there was no way that these dogs can be placed into an actual home. And the rescue organizations and shelters that took on these dogs said, no, let, let, let us try. And a good amount of these dogs ended up getting homes. And these, these shelter workers slept by the sides of these dogs and, and spent countless hours trying to get them to trust. They were too scared to walk on a leash. They were too scared to even human contact was so outside of the realms of uh, what they knew. These dogs were being starved leading up to the fight so they'd be more vicious. 
Dogs were being drowned. They were being beaten to death. They were being um, electrocuted. These were all things that, that he took part in. He physically did these things. And this is a multimillionaire that did these things for his leisure. You know, some people take up hobbies and, you know, they like to fucking go out on boats. So you'll see some of these guys buy fucking yachts and they like to be out there doing fishing and this and that. They, all sorts of different hobbies you could do when you have multi-million dollars. This fucking guy chose amongst all things to kill animals for fun. For his fucking personal enjoyment, he murdered dogs. Now, I, you know, look, I, I got to tell you, like, it fucking sickens me when t- people tell me that, that uh, oh, you know, he paid his debt to society and this and that. Oh, you know, well, you know, he did his time. And it, I, this motherfucker deserves to die slow, slow and fucking painful. There's no like, OK, but, you know, again, some of the same people who are talking about injustice, some of the same people who are talking about injustice are going like, well, you know, if he did a year, you know, whatever, you know, fucking the amount of dogs that died at his fucking hands for his enjoyment and you motherfuckers can take the stance that like, well, you know, what can you do? And, and you know, I, I fucking, I, out of respect of his father, I'm not going to put his fucking name on blast or anything like that. But somebody the other day responded to a comment on Facebook and said that I uh, did his time and he's, he's an animal. He's an animal advocate now. Can you fucking believe that shit? Can you imagine someone fucking molesting children and then having someone else tell you, like, oh, he works with kids now? No, fuck that. I'm an animal guy. I've worked 18 fucking years taking care of fucking animals that are homeless and fucking uh, abused and shit like that. We, no, we don't claim this fucking guy. He's not part of us. That's what he's doing to get his fucking image right. And if you're stupid enough to bite on that bullshit that he's an animal advocate, he killed dogs for fun. No matter what you enjoy doing in life, he enjoyed doing that. Don't tell me he's fucking, you know, again, you can't have a guy who, who's a serial rapist and then go, oh, you know, actually he's in the women's rights uh, groups now. The fuck he is. They're not letting him in the fucking door and calling him one of them. What are you fucking crazy? This is fucking bullshit. And, and, and the NFL allows him to be one of their co-captains or some shit for the Pro Bowl. The fuck out of here. But we're going to talk about injustice. I guess it depends on what your your uh, your thing is. But if, if one thing directly pertains to football and murder and death by the hands of that specific person, that can go on. You know, it's just fucking disgusting. Fuck that motherfucker. I hope he dies slow. And I don't have a problem with fucking writing off anybody that even goes, oh, here's a fucking, yeah, you know, he did his time. Go fuck yourself, too. I hope you do time, too, in a fucking box. The fuck out of here. Give a fuck about any one of you motherfuckers that take that kind of stance. This is some bullshit. These animals don't have a fucking voice. They don't have a fucking choice in the matter. When it comes to this type of things, those people are the worst type of fucking evil on the planet. They take helpless animals that that are looking for our acceptance and our love and our support. They want to be our best fucking friend. 
and, and we're fucking torturing and killing them, fuck that person. You know, I, I just, I, I can't even fucking put into words how much it turns my fucking stomach when I see that guy on TV telling me, well, you know, the Packers are, uh, they're pretty good. And, you know, well, you know, when Aaron Rodgers, I don't want to hear your fucking opinion on football. I want to hear your opinion on pain. I want to, I want to see you going through massive amounts of pain and, and telling me how fucking terrible it is. That's, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear your opinion on getting your fucking limbs cut off on national TV. That that's what I want to fucking hear, motherfucker. I, I just I can't stand that, you know. And this is the thing that you know I have such a problem with humanity and people overall because they'll justify some bullshit and, and stand by it and create like these big large fucking cases. And this is why this is you know and uh, shit that has nothing to do with anything. You know, it's fucking, it's, it's unbelievable. So fuck that guy. Um, you know, he's most notoriously a Falcon. So I'm already rooting for the fucking saints. Let's tack that on to it anyway. Seven, nothing saints. Let's fucking go. Let's get this motherfuckers blown out today. So I could be two, two out of three games into my fucking parlay. All right. Um, Maria Manic is with Teddy Hart now. Um, I don't know if I should blame substance abuse, uh, CTE, uh, just, ah, uh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, he's another guy that I have no fucking love for. He's an absolute scumbag for what he does with animals. Um, you know, and, and it's a shame to me because I liked her. And, you know, I'm not saying that from a stance where I know her as a person or anything like that. I mean, I had her on the show. She was very nice and everything like that. But I, I don't I don't know her for shit, you know what I mean? But I, I, I would just say... What I do respect for sure, I respect her training. I respect the fact that she trains physically harder than the majority of the guys in fucking wrestling that I, I see out there. Half of these fucking slouches that are running around not doing a motherfucking thing. And she, I've seen, you know, a lot of videos and stuff of her doing fucking two-a-days and shit like that. And really, you know, hey, I, you know, you could say she's doing it for nothing when it comes right down to it because fucking people are getting by in wrestling doing absolutely nothing so she was pushing herself to those levels in order to excel and to stand apart from the crowd and i respect the shit out of that um i think she was perfectly on track to go and find herself a job on tv whether it be wwe or AEW or whatever the case is and it's just, you know, stay on the fucking right track and just continue to fucking crush things and, you know, fucking take your seminars, keep polishing your skills and just keep murdering it in the fucking gym. And she's got a better look than 90% of chicks out there. She's got a huge upside um, with their strength and, and all of that. And, um, you know, marketability that way. So, uh, you know, tying herself to a guy who nobody wants on TV. Like none of the fucking people who run television companies think it's a good idea to employ this guy because he's just, he's fucking, he's trouble. He's Teddy trouble. 
<laughs> as it were. Um, you know, it, it just, it doesn't seem like a great fucking career move for her, you know? Um, I mean, he, he overall seems like a complete jerk off. Um, just, just his whole persona, just everything about him besides, you know, his animal stuff. He's just, he's a fucking weirdo, you know, um, you know, with the, with the fucking fake jewelry and, oh, this is for God and on God and this is God. And next thing you know, he's yelling, fuck you, motherfucker, you know, and like getting pissed off and trying to fight fucking CM Punk and Steve Carino and. You know, all this other shit back in the day. And, yeah, just going into business for himself, trying to backflip 12 times off the fucking cage when, like, there's guys are trying to work a match. He's like, I'm doing another backflip, eh? You catch me again. And it's like, dude, no, we, we did that spot. No, I'm doing it again. <laughs> just like, I, I guess we got to, like, help this guy not die because he's being a dickhead. He keeps climbing the fucking thing. He's just like a, like a kid with a fucking mental problem, you know? He's just like, I'm, I'm going to do another thing. You catch me again, eh? You know, and he's just, again, he never really perfected his craft. Any of the good matches he's had in his career have been carried by another person. So he, he had the legendary match. He was carried by Homicide through that whole fucking thing. Um, he used Jack Evans for his personal bumping dummy to fucking audition tape himself anywhere he went. And Jack would just take the silliest fucking bumps for a bunch of moves that he made up. And just move after move. There was no build to it. There was no storytelling there was no anything there was just like i'm gonna pick you up and flip you around and then i'm gonna drop you on your head and now i'm gonna look at the crowd i'm gonna hit my chest and i'm gonna point to the sky and then i'm gonna fucking pick you up and i'm gonna do some other silly shit to you and then i'm gonna fucking moonsault and i'm gonna go this is for you guys and then you know this is what he's done and then after that he was he was carried by trent acid to another great fucking street fight match he was later on carried by fucking Joey Janela in their their feud. You know, the, these are the matches that stand out as far as good matches for Teddy. And Teddy now is, he's a scramble wrestler. He's a scramble match wrestler. And that's all he does. He just wrestles these matches with fucking 12 people in it. And then he can just run around doing his fucking moves, laying down for a minute, get up, go do a move, lay down for a minute, grab the mic say a fucking ridiculous, worthless fucking promo, throw his fucking cat in the air, and, and go home. And, and he, the fucking fans are cheering for him and shit because they're stupid. They're fucking stupid. And, um, yeah, it's bizarre to me. And, and I I predict, too, that you're going to see a fucking change in Maria. Because if you look at the way Maria was previous to Schlack, I mean, she had no tattoos, blonde hair, Suddenly, you see what she looks like now. And her her training turned up a thousand percent once she got to that point, too. So now, like, I mean, her cats better get her fl- their fucking flight suits on because it, <laughs> shit's about to change. But um, and Teddy's going to need a lot more fucking chloroform if he treats her like his last or one of his past girlfriends because she's she's way bigger but um you know i I mean this is just um i i see her taking on a different look i could be completely wrong but um if you suddenly see her in a lot more sparkly shit you know she starts wearing shit that looks like an old lady's couch um then you know where the fuck that came from 
that's not her own um, personality and persona. She seems like a kind of chameleon-ish, you know what I mean? She kind of adapts to her surroundings, and surrounded by Teddy Hart is a bad fucking uh, color for a chameleon. Um, so who knows? Uh, it's just, it's a shame to me. But anyway, um, speaking of a shame, I heard Frankie Picard um, was on the GCW show last night and was doing some sort of gimmick with a fucking unlit cigarette, like, like some kind of bootleg ruckus. Um, I don't know what the fuck this guy's problem is. He's another guy that I think must have some form of head injury. He's gotta be, there's gotta be something legitimately, um, wrong. Like where, where a doctor would have a name for what, what's going on with him. You know what I mean? Where where maybe there's medication that's being skipped. Maybe he's decided on a holistic route for something that they told him he needed medication for. I, I don't know what it is. Because he's still he's still built like absolute shit. Like over under today on Frankie's eating two plates. I got the over. I think by the end of the day there's a good chance his family's calling Frankie four plates. You know what I mean? That's the type of motherfucker this guy's built like. And instead of working on himself and getting something fucking going for himself, because when I fucking went at him to the point where I felt bad because he started fucking thanking me for fucking being so honest and saying that he needed that and, you know, dude, yeah, like, you're right and all of this bullshit, I'm really going to fucking turn it up. This dude is still fatter than shit. You know, the difference now is he's wearing a fucking t-shirt because like that'll fix it. Just wear a t-shirt and he's got like some iron on logo on the fucking front of it and shit with like his, his fucking face on it. It's unbelievable. Like what, what is going on with this fucking guy? Someone tell him that it's not all right. Someone stop him in the back and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. no, uh-uh, Mm-mm. go fix your shit, bro. You know, like. When, like, a young girl comes down, you know, ready to go to school, and they got some shit on that that you don't want them out in public with. And my girls are very good, so I don't really have this situation. But, um, and the father goes, like, whoa, whoa, you're not going out of the house like that. That's what he needs, somebody like that. He needs someone that, what are you doing with that cigarette? Boy, you don't even smoke. Cut that shit out. You know what I mean? <laughs> you you ain't even lighting that shit. What the fuck's your problem? Where'd you get that cigarette from? You know, someone needs to just fucking grab him. You know, just like, cut that shit out, Frankie. <laughs> Did I tell you to do some push-ups? The fuck is wrong with you? Clearly ain't doing no fucking push-ups. <laughs> I don't know, man. Something about that dude. Um, Jim Cornette is being called racist based off of a ridiculously bad fucking just old man joke type shit. And um, I, I don't think Jim Cornette's racist. I think that... um. I think he just talks sometimes, and he thinks that everything that's going to come out of his mouth is just going to be entertaining. A lot of what um, Cornette goes by is kind of shock value. He he goes off of just kind of just saying whatever, and a lot of it is like, whoa, Cornette's crazy. And, and I think, like, he's he's fed into too much of his own shit that way. And I like Cornette. Um, but the thing is, is, like, this isn't the society for that. Everything is fucking super sensitive now. It it honestly could have been a bad choice of food that he picked. 
as far as like, oh, yeah, a bucket of chicken. And he could have said, you know, uh, you know, he could have rode a motorcycle across Ethiopia with a stake strapped to his back. And and suddenly that would have been all right. But because he said bucket of chicken, now it's oh, it's fucking racist. And da, 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 da. I don't know. I mean, 100 percent stupid fucking comment. You put it on fucking paper. You listen to it. You go, oh, yeah, that doesn't sound good at all, man. Nothing about that sounds good. Don't like that at all. You know what I mean? So by no my no stretch am I trying to defend the actual comment. But I think, again, it, it's a bunch of people that wanted his head to begin with. So as soon as he says some shit like that, they're like, oh, fucking boy. Here goes racist Jim. And it's like, really? Uh, I, I don't know. I just, you know, and he resigned because he's not looking to do this shit anyway. You, you know, he was kind of doing that shit as a favor to the NWA. He wasn't. But again. It was all pre-recorded. The editing department completely let that shit go. They didn't see it as offensive. And again, I think it is. I I, I think it was a bad fucking choice. And I don't think it was a good look. But I I blame Jim. I blame the editing department. I blame all that shit. You know? So, you know, that kind of is what it is. But um, the the way this shit gets blown out of proportion to me is is just bizarre. It's to be expected at this point. So again, blame Jim a hundred percent because you got to filter your words to a certain extent to know that like that's not going to work out. But again, like man, like people take it to such an extent that yeah, like you know, I don't think you just crown a fucking guy flat out racist based on you know this this comment or that comment and. That that's that's what the society is now. It's all about canceling motherfuckers and this and that. So check this out. Um, if you're a listener of the Howard Stern show, you're gonna know what I'm playing now. If you're not, I think this is gonna blow your fucking mind. So I, I wanted to play this now. This is somebody singing. This is a person singing. While I'm playing this, try to figure out who this person singing is. All right. And then, you know, after the song, uh, I'll reveal it. But now, now check this out, right? Just uh, let it play a little bit so you get a little sample of it. Azúcar, gozalo, pechi, sabroso. Bailalo, mami. guesses would be right uh the second guy that chimed in there was adam levine it's a somewhat of a duet now you listen to that first part you think maybe macy gray you think okay well uh i mean your first thought is a woman right and you could rack your fucking brain thinking about who that is i'm gonna play another clip of that same fucking person 
And you'll know who that is. Maybe not believe it, but you'll know who that is. Right here. Not, what's really funny is the fucking bank job away in Sea Caucus. I'm in the middle of the fucking weeds, laying down. He comes over. He says, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm resting." Here you resting? At a fucking beach in a park. I said, "I'm resting." I know I'm resting. I'm resting. They pull me in. They start giving me all kinds of questions. You know, this and that. He says, "Oh, uh, so what are you gonna tell us, tough guy?" I said, "My usual, zero, nothing." I tell you, the fuck. He says, "No, you're gonna." Oh shit! That's Joe Pesci. That's Joe Pesci singing that shit. What the fuck is going on, man? This is crazy, you know? So I just wanted to share that because it, it was so fucking crazy to me when I heard it that I was like, dude, I I know it's being played on the biggest radio show ever, but for anyone who doesn't listen to Stern or doesn't have Sirius Satellite or whatever and might have missed that part of it, we're in the car or whatever fuck. But uh, I was like, I, I got to share that shit. I, I, I mean, it's it just... It's baffling to me. I listen to it over and over. Like, I can't even fucking believe it. And, and yeah, that's sure enough, that's Joe Pesci. Um, let me see. What else do I got? Um, I got some other shit. Let me see. Where is this fucking thing? Um, I, here it is. All right, so CCW posted something that uh, this was an advertisement for their pay-per-view coming in 2020, on-demand and pay-per-view in 2020. And it says, for the first time ever, CCW is coming to on-demand and pay-per-view in January 2020. All the hardcore action, the bloody pain, all the sexy female fighters. All right. Um, and the ultra-violent wrestling you've been demanding will be available every month on demand and pay-per-view. Don't miss a minute of the mayhem as CZW will have the following shows available on cable and satellite providers across the land beginning in January. CZW Combat Zones Bloody Wars featuring DJ Hyde and Masada versus Atushi Onita, Matt Tremont, and Mance Warner versus Ricky pa- Ricky Shane Page. First off, this is the lighter part of the, the issue, but that is not CZW's Bloody Wars Wars. That's their latest deathmatch fucking cage of death matches. That's all that is. Masada's had fucking 25, 30 fucking better death matches in CZW. And, I mean, I... I'd, a good handful of, of better matches than uh, Ricky Shane Page and Mance Warner by each one of those guys. All the matches that fucking Danny Havoc had with Ricky Shane Page was way better, more ultra-violent wars than the one he had with Mance Warner. And it's nothing against Mance Warner, but like that, that did not go down as one of the best cage of deaths ever. So if we're talking about bloodiest wars ever some of the other better cage of deaths would be the first one you spotlight but don't tell me that's one of your bloodiest wars that's silly as fuck so you're just trying to spotlight your current product and half of those fucking guys don't even work there anymore or you might bring them back as an attraction but you you really don't have these guys regularly so there's not a lot of excuse to say well we'll use those guys because at least those are the ones they can come back and see again no they really fucking can't i think masada's coming in for 
Night of Infamy, and maybe they get him back for Cage of Death, but I I don't know if he's been there since fucking last year's Cage of Death. I mean, the, the whole shit's crazy. You know, and again, like, I, I don't need to be corrected and be like, um, he was there last fucking uh, February. Like, you know what I mean? It, it's been a long enough time where he's not a regular guy anymore there. So, you know, and Mance Warner was over calling himself a GCW guy shortly after that cage of death match. So, uh, and hasn't been there a whole lot since. But here's the bigger problem. CZW Girls Double D Destruction featuring Hania Hania? Hania? I don't know. I don't, I'm not a women's wrestling guy. Hania versus Athena and Mercedes Martinez versus Allie. Okay, so here's the fucking issue here. That's like a porn title. CZW Girls Double D Destruction. First off, they weren't CCW matches. They were fucking um, WSU matches. Number two, they've never sold sex in fucking WSU. That, that's not been their focus. They didn't run some kind of fucking crazy, uncensored fucking sex sells type wrestling. And I'm not against that, to be honest with you, because I'm not a fucking female wrestling fan for the most part. There's a handful of women that can go out there and absolutely kill it and steal a fucking show. But if we're talking about eight matches on a card and they're all women's matches, like it's fucking weirdo perverts that are signing up for that. That's not that's not like, oh, this is the best wrestling show I've ever seen. This is, well, you know, is is right, but... But like if you if your whole thing was and I I've always been surprised that there hasn't been more companies that try to pitch towards that um, like a women's wrestling promotion that that fell into the lines of that type of uh, you know the brawn panties matches and and like that type of sex sells wrestling. Now I'm not saying that like. You know, the athlete, the athletes out there that are trying to, you know, really put women's wrestling on the map as far as being um, a sport and this and that. I'm not saying those girls should be downgraded to bra and panties matches, but there's a lot of girls within women's wrestling that can't wrestle for shit. And if it was an understood and um, consensual agreement that like, yeah, this is the type of product we're going to sell, the type of money you'd make off of that, because again, Sex sells. It, it, it's a real thing. It, it's not. It's not some made up fucking misogynistic thing. Sex will always sell, whether you have to sell it in a dark fucking alley because uh, it's not socially acceptable, or whether it's out and fucking right in the middle of a, you know, a, a highly trafficked area, and it's it's sold as burlesque, or it's sold as this, or it's sold as that. It, it's a fact. And if you put it in a place where it's applicable. And, and it's like, okay, this is this is this. We're not disguising it as something else. We're not belittling something that's this or that. This is what this is. This is a half a fucking wrestling slash burlesque type. We're drawing in the people who want to see that type of shit. You will get lots of fucking money there. So that's that's like that again. It's something I'm not against. I, I'm not attending any of this shit. I'm not attending if you put it that way. I'm not attending if you fucking you know you put on a, a woman's wrestling Dean Malenko fucking clinic. I, I'm not watching any of it. I don't give a fuck one way or another. I'm just saying what I feel would sell because it's a it's a real thing. It's a real attraction. People are out there looking for that type of shit. All right. So, but 
when these women are out there trying to produce, uh, Mercedes Martinez is one of the best women's wrestlers in the fucking world. When she's out there doing what she's doing, and then you repackage it as double D destruction, the fuck is wrong with you? That's where it becomes a problem because now you're you're degrading athletes. Now you're taking someone who is not doing that willingly. You're not taking a consensual uh, attempt at um, racy behavior or anything like that. You're you're not you're not selling something that was that was presented that way. You're repackaging female wrestling, athletic wrestling, as softcore porn. That's what the fuck you're doing. And Maven shared that shit, and everybody was real fucking proud of themselves. And I posted a big fucking thing about it, and guess what? They fucking changed it. They completely fucking changed it. And I don't give a fuck what anybody says. It has 100% to do with me. A couple other people spoke up too. Chrissy spoke up like a, a you know, like a day later and, and said something about it. Like, what the fuck are you kidding me and stuff? Because again, she was a woman in the company who has a reason to be like, hey, what the fuck are you marketing out here? Because when your name starts showing up on things and they're going double D destruction, like, what? Because if someone doesn't know what they're tuning in for, they're looking for some kind of like, yo, where the titties at? You know, that that's what the fuck they're looking for if you're selling double D destruction. It's some weirdo creep shit. It's a bait and switch fucking move where you're just trying to fucking make money off of something that that's not actually what it is. You know, and, and it's just it's just a gross fucking move. You know, again, I, I'm not, you know, some woman's rights act, activist or whatever. I, I'm very honest about what I feel like sells and what I feel like, uh, um, I'm very, I'm very not offended by whatever you're pitching, but as long as you're honest about the product that you're pitching, that's, that's, I'm good. You know what I mean? If you say, yeah, I got the rawest fucking no holds barred comedy out there and I show up, there's nothing you're going to say that I'm going to go, Oh, what the fuck with this guy? Unless the guy just turns into the, you know, Michael Richards and starts fucking screaming the N-word on some, on some real, like, wait, this guy's serious. This, this is, there was no joke. That's not even a punchline. He just kept yelling the N-word at a guy in the crowd. That's, uh, this is, I don't think he's joking. You know, like that's a different story. But again, be honest about your product. And I don't, I mean, I don't have a problem with it because it's either for me or it's not for me. But if you're taking women's legitimate wrestling and selling it as like fucking here's some titties, <laughs> like then you're a fucking creep. That that's just a fact. Um, Masada vs Loki is happening on December seventh, December uh, Saturday, December seventh. Um, I really wish they would eye pay per view this deal because I love love to fucking watch that. Um, but. I'm not so sure that that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know what goes on with that. But uh, they don't seem to be able to... Um, let me see. Uh, I, Ian Rotten posted something asking... Oh, actually... Um, uh, fucking uh, JC Rotten posted something asking... If, if him and his dad were to do a sit-down interview together, would anybody... Uh, be interested in purchasing it. Uh, just 
I don't even understand what where the fuck they come off with this bullshit. Like anything is gonna make money out of that camp, unless you're really looking for a very small amount of money to break even or consider yourself uh, in the winning category. I mean, let's put it this way: they they're running a fucking show like now. They they run a show on Thanksgiving night. And then this will be the same guys that are on the fucking internet. Like, oh, I'm really disappointed with the house. Like, what the fuck? I I just, I I, I can't even, I I don't understand. Um, Alley Cat is, is, this is another person that, you know, I, I just, I don't have a lot of respect for, you know, she called my attention initially, obviously a cat gimmick and this and that. And I heard her name a couple of times and said, Oh, let me check what she's into and this and that. And, um, I guess she was with MJF and I had pointed it out before that like MJF is such a great heel that he's made me dislike other people, meaning Alley Cat. That's a great fucking heel. If you could do something that makes you dislike other people. Because she went from someone who was, I guess, straight edge, which, hey, man, you don't have to be fucking straight edge to be, you know, someone I respect or I like or anything like that. That's not even, you know, my deal. I'm not one of those real fucking, you know, screaming, this is the way of life. Like, I don't give a fuck what you do. But, like, if you start screaming about your way of life, like, it fucking irritates me. Especially, like, this this celebrate alcohol shit. Like, I, I hate it. I fucking hate it. When I drank... I never fucking ran around with the fucking t-shirt on and screaming about, like, fucking, yeah, beers and fucking vodka. Like, uh, it, it's just, it, it's corny. It, it's real fucking corny. So, she jumped on that fucking, like, crazy White Claw shit where it's like, oh, fucking everything White Claw. Life is White Claw. And it's like, you're a loser. You're actually a fucking full-on loser. Has nothing to do with, like, your drinking or what you like to do to wind down or anything. You're just a fucking loser. Because if that's, like, what your life is, yeah, you're you're trash. You're absolute trash. And at the point you're embracing it to be like, I have no substance other than a substance. <laughs> like, you're, you got fucking issues. So then she's, uh, she's posting shit like, uh, to be honest, you were too good for him. Like, I'm still going to tweet about him, how he's the best heel ever, and wear his shirt, but wow, I'm rooting for you. You're single now, right? Like, so, um, and then she says, and before you DM this to group chats, there's no shade to him at all. Shade to the people I've never met in life trying to bury him to me for brownie points. It's weird, y'all. I mean, it's it just her whole fucking act is, is, is trash. It's crazy. Like, he fucking broke up with her and, and just fucking shattered this person and turned her into a fucking, like, proud, trashy alcoholic on wine coolers. And, and now she's just, like, fucking attacking the people who are trying to, like, stick up for her and, and bury him and stuff. And not that that's a cool thing to do either. But it's just, it's all weird shit. It's just all fucking weird behavior. And then it's one weird behavior talking about the other weird behavior like you're not weird to begin with yeah i mean it's just like jesus christ uh, I, I don't even understand it i just know that like when i get sent shit like this i just look like oh, fucking gross um 
And to be fair, I've never seen her with a cat. I don't know if she has a cat, but she keeps that pretty fucking close to the vest for having a cat gimmick. You know? Um, Ian Rotten also posted, After tonight I've made a decision. This is like last week or something. After tonight I've made a decision. As a business, I can no longer extend credit if you can't pay to get into the show. Let's please try to remain friends. That starts with you not asking me for credit. Currently, we have almost $600 on the books of owed money. This just never ends well and usually just ends with people that owe me money not coming back to the shows. I'm sorry that I have to make this a policy, but I feel it's what's best for IWA as a business. What the fuck is going on where Ian Rotten, who can't draw near 100 people, is giving credit to people who are showing up? I... Don't even understand that at all. So for a guy who's running the fucking Fed for 30 years or whatever the fuck and had an issue with me because I criticized the fucking booking and he goes, I think I know what I'm doing. You're fucking 25 years into running a company and you're giving people credit of your 40 fucking people in attendance. If you're lucky, you're, you're fucking breaking off 10 of those fucking I'll get you next time. You're, you're paying fucking guys that way in the locker room. You're telling them I'll get you next time because the house is low. And then you're telling people who are coming in the front door, like, okay, you can get me next time. What kind of, <laughs> how the fuck, this is so insanely ironic and baffling to me that this is even a thing. And enough so that you have to put it out on Facebook, like, sorry, guys, I'm not giving credit anymore. Like, dude, this isn't like one person that's been fucking you. Like, this is, this is enough people you're putting it out on Facebook. I just, fuck, dude, I. Some people have earned their failure in fucking heaps. Speaking of, uh, GCW presents I Can't Feel My Face with Nick Gage as the poster guy. Um, How many fucking drug reference shows are we going to do with Nick Gage at the fucking head of it? And and, and how many people are going to cry when this fucking guy overdoses? You know what I mean? One number should be bigger than the other. So... It's got this, like, it's like a card. It's like an ID card. And it says, like, name, Game Changer Wrestling, show title. I can't feel my face. It's got Gage's picture on it. Uh, Time, 8 p.m., gang-affiliated, yes. Here's the other thing. Guys, screaming, I'm gang-affiliated, I mean, you really might as well just fucking scream, I'm a Teletubby every fucking day. Because it doesn't sound tough. There's nothing cool about that shit. There's nothing cool about people going, I'm getting affiliated. That's like, you, you ever see the South Park where fucking, uh, they, they did the fucking, uh, whale wars thing. And she's like, yeah, I'm in a gang. And she's like, uh, yeah, I'm super cool. I forget what it was, but, uh, they shot the fucking harpoon through the guy's fucking head. And they're doing like the deadliest catch. <laughs> oh no, she's like, I'm a pirate I'm a pirate And uh <laughs> They just like killed this fucking guy Uh, yeah th- That's how I feel about it. It-, it It's not, it's not cool And then on the upper right hand corner It says shot caller card It's just like, dude e-. This is why I can't attend shows Because you motherfuckers are cornballs People are walking around and they're fucking patting each other on the back and they're giving each other credit for acting like complete fucking assholes. 
and then you know if you if you stand up and you're like hey um this shit looks bad guys this this is not a good look like oh you're just a fucking hater no i'm just a grown fucking man that thinks you look like a cornball yeah i mean like i i used to hang out with dangerous people that's not what you look like you know what i mean that's not the life i'm claiming but I know that fucking life. I've been there when I was young and I was a knucklehead and shit. And um, that's not what you look like. That's not what you look like at all. It's fucking corny. And I, and it annoys me. It, it fucking completely fucking irritates me. Um, so keep it up, guys. I enjoy it. Um <laughs> Captain Dave posted this today. Um, hey, guys, what's up? This is Captain Dave. I wanted to extend my happy Thanksgiving to each and every one of my loyal fans of the Captain's Corner podcast, and I hope all you people will eat a lot of turkey and watching football today. Hope you stay warm and make your Thanksgiving be strong, full of happiness. Love, Captain Dave. P.S. To be the best, you got to bulldoze the rest. So, look. I'm calling it right now. Captain Dave is turning heel on his family today. It may have already happened. I think he's flipping the table. I think he's going to scream something about bleeding black and yellow. Grandma's catching a lariat. It shit is going down. I could just see it right now. And, you know, just screaming like, sorry, guys, but to be the best, you got to bulldoze the rest. I love Captain Dave, man. He's, he's fucking living the gimmick. You know? Um... Let me see what else I got. Um, so Janela run a they they're running kind of like um I guess in a promotion kind of deal, even if it's just promotional, not so much like you know uh you know running matches on each other cards or anything like that. But uh, they ran an angle where Janela like posted on uh Twitter or whatever the case. That he's not he's not getting on his plane to AEW last night, I think it was. Uh, he's tired of the way he's being used until he gets an explanation. He's not doing it. They're ruining his career and everything he built. And then he did like a run-in on the uh, Game Changer Wrestling show last night and cut a promo saying like, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I'm answering, I'm answering Moxley's challenge, open challenge. I guess he had an open challenge. And he'll he'll wrestle him next week on TV. So, I mean, I, I guess that's kind of cool that they're doing some kind of like keeping in touch with the indies. You know, I mean, I I definitely strongly feel that um, it, it's a great move to do. Like even what uh, WWE has done with some like Evolve stuff, and they've they've allowed NXT guys to go down there and work a little bit. I wish it would go even further to like WWE guys popping in and and throwing a dream match down on an indie card, you know, and it, uh, one of the bigger indies that, you know, they, they know they got the building. They know they're going to draw 1500. They know they got some big shit going on and then throwing down a main event where, you know, uh, Brian Danielson goes in with, you know, low key again or, or, or whatever the case is, you know, I just threw that as a, a random, but you know, like a, big dream matches are big, you know, throwback matches where like, you know, you get that kind of matchup going, um, because it's going to draw a lot of attention to it. And then the people who are like, I'm all about the Indies, fuck that TV shit are going to go, maybe the TV shit's not bad anymore. Like they're lending our, their guys over here 
And now we're going to tune into what they're doing because maybe it's different than it used to be. You know, it might open up those avenues to go, you know, I, I don't know. I, uh, oh, this is fucking good, man. Uh, did the Saints just get the ball back? But I think it's good. You know what I mean? So if AEW gets on some, uh, you know, hey, doing like friendly business with the others. And, uh, you know, GCW obviously is the place for it to happen because they've been, you know, pretty well connected. And, you know, um, yeah, I, I think it's a good thing. Uh, let me see. Yeah, ICW is doing the uh, Schlack versus Necro Butcher. Which, uh, you know, I, I just hope for Schlack's sake. Because I really like Schlack. I think he's a great dude. Um, I think he's uh, as entertaining as they fucking come. Uh, you know, I, I genuinely like the dude. I, I hope he doesn't get fucking hep C or any other kind of bloodborne fucking diseases that Necro has, allegedly. Uh, he looks like a dying fucking pedophile right now. That That's what Necro looks like. I'm not saying that he's legitimately a pedophile, but... If you had to put it in the dictionary, there would be a picture of his face wearing a MAGA hat and uh, that fucking curly mustache trying to grab <laughs> fat chick's titties at a fucking, at a, uh, what, what the hell is the name of that deathmatch tournament with eight people at it? It was like insane eight. And that's how many fans they had as well as the wrestlers. Uh, and he was on commentary talking about this fat bitch's titties for the whole fucking show. Just, just like weird creepo shit like that. So like, Look, uh, old school Necro Butcher vs. Schlack, dream match. Fucking current, I'm a fan of golf and, and possibly touching the wrong people. Necro Butcher, you know, uh, I, I don't, not so much, you know. Fantasy baseball, fucking pedo looking Necro, the pedo butcher. Like, not, not really, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like now, like, the wife might get the upper hand if he tried to beat her. You know what I mean? Like, she'd be like, all right, you know what? I've taken enough fucking beatings from you. You're going down today, you creepy-looking motherfucker. Hit him with some kind of frying pan or fucking old school, like, rolling pin or some shit like that. It's like, you know what I mean? I've taken the last fucking beating from you, you fucking weirdo. You know, you stopped eating fucking a month and a half ago. I don't even know how you're alive. So, uh, you're not going to raise your fucking hand to me anymore. I'll fucking, <laughs> you know, there, there's gotta be like, I, I just can't imagine this shit even looks good at all. Like he looks so fucking insanely, um, diseased and just, it, it looks really fucking bad. So, so I am only excited to hope that like, um, I hope Schlack crushes his fucking woman beating orb orbital socket. Um, that that's what I hope, you know. And then like he never fucking comes back to wrestling again. And and then he he's got like an eye patch on top of the rest of that fucking look he's got going on, like a maga hat, fucking twisty mustache, eye patch, fucking anorexia, like <laughs> just keep it coming, you know what I mean? Because choose death, you know what I mean? You said that shit a while ago, and you really fucking lived the gimmick. It's fucking coming. Um, James Ellsworth is getting married. Uh, I don't know if he fucking proposed with a fucking ring pop or or what the case is there, but I know I saw, like, a congratulatory post on fucking... 
weirdo Robbie Marino's fucking uh, page, and he um, that James Ellsworth was obviously had to do like a fucking Disney World proposal, which is you know, I, you know, it's kind of like a popular thing for everybody these adults to do like Disney World shit with no children. But, um, when, like, you've been, like, in, like, pedo-type fucking situations where you've been, like, thrown out of fucking companies because you're, like, going for underage girls, like, maybe, like, theme park engagements isn't, like, as good of a look as it could be for, like, other fucking adults who it's not a good look for. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. That, that, that's just fucking me. Um... I think that's about all I got. Uh, uh, Sexy Eddie, I guess, is wrestling um, Joey Ryan. So he posted, like, a picture of him, like, laying naked on this fucking uh, this mat. The only thing about that that intrigues me is, like, the mat itself. And they, like, they, they're selling so many fucking gimmicks. It's like these little, like, porcupine like, flower kind of things all over the mat. Kind of looks like just like a regular fucking doormat where it's supposed to like brush your shoes off if you got some dirt on it and stuff. But it's it's these little spiky things that are supposed to like uh, release endorphins and uh, natural painkillers in the body and and help uh, increase blood flow to different things and stuff like that. And I'm intrigued, but all this shit is so fucking expensive. Like those mats are like a hundred dollars or some shit. And uh, I'd like to try it, but like fuck. Man, I need to know people with these weirdo gimmicks so I can try it out and be like, oh, wow, that did make a difference. I'm going to buy one. Not just like fucking crazy on the internet bullshit. And Sexy Eddie laying his cock into it to hype a match is definitely not selling me on it. Um, they have another one that's like a hoop. It's like a like a round fucking hoop. And um, you're supposed to like roll on it, kind of like a, a foam roller, but it fits like in the track of like where your spine is. So it says like foam rollers can't do this because they're too wide and they don't line up with the middle of your back to, to really hit the muscles the way that it needs to. So like, I'd like to try that again, but the fucking hoop is like a hundred dollars. And it's like, dude, what the fuck? It's like a solid piece of plastic, uh, you know, hard fucking plastic. Maybe it's reinforced with metal. I don't know what the fuck, but you know, I feel like if you knew a welder or something, they could fucking put that shit together for like two, two, fucking five dollars. You know what I mean? It's fucking unreal. I don't know a welder. Nor do I know if that's a... Because, yeah, like, you, you cut a piece of, like, fucking sewer pipe and, like, cover it in padding. You know, slide a fucking groove down the middle of it and shit. Yeah, hey, roll back and forth on that fucking thing until you feel better. And maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I'm not paying a hundred dollars for you to fucking... To find out, just to go like, oh, that didn't work so well, you know? Because the foam rollers kind of work well, but again, like, I, I would agree. They don't fit into the groove of your spine, so what you're trying to loosen up is your fucking lower back, which I've had, you know, consistent issues with. Then, like, yeah, like, that, you know, maybe maybe a different contraption is the way to go, but, you know, fucking $100. Like, you guys are fucking murdering people on these things. Um... Uh, Sheen wants to know. Sheen, I, you know, sent me a bunch of these uh, questions. Uh, check out uh, Nuclear Heat Graphics doing his fucking thing out there, hitting all sorts of fucking avenues, man. He he's all over the place, chilling with fucking legends and shit. And uh, 
you know, he, he's fucking doing his thing. I'm really glad to see him actually making money out there. Continue to support him. And, uh, you know, hit him up for any kind of graphics, commissions, anything you got. And uh, see him at some of those shows. Go out there and support him. Um, man, he's got the Patreon thing. I don't know. I, I kind of think that's, like, mostly where he does his podcast thing. I know he does it an occasional podcast, but... Man, I used to get criticized for doing this shit every three weeks. This motherfucker's doing that shit like every six weeks. So I know he's got other shit going on, but hey, I used to get the same criticism. Look at you now. You know what I mean? But he's got the Patreon, so he might be hitting up daily shows on that motherfucker. You got to go get it. You got to get it. Um, but he wanted to know, uh, what could DJ do to save Cage of Death? Is there anything he could realistically pull off that would be interesting? And I say Harakiri. Um, so, um, speaking of Cage of Death, I do expect to do um, a review show with Sozio again. And, uh, you know, it's going to be painful for both of us to watch a CCW show for the first time in a long time. Uh, you know, they, they're doing a show on Saturday. I'm still on the fence on whether I feel like watching that because, I, you know, they're doing iPay-Per-View, so it's a possibility that I could watch it. But it's nothing I'm looking forward to. There's nothing that makes me want to watch it other than the fact that it's just going to be available and I'll probably be sitting home. Um, I can't say that it's going to get me hyped for Cage of Death. There's a chance it discourages me further from Cage of Death. I mean, the, the the plain out fact is if I wasn't doing the uh, review show with Sozio, I, I wouldn't be doing the uh, watching the Cage of Death. So, I mean, we'll see because it, it'll give me a little bit more context to review on Cage of Death and obviously show content to talk about that piece of shit show. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm not, no promises. But um, speaking of Sozio. He put out a new podcast. Uh, he's doing uh, some pretty big things with that. I like it. It's it's a non-wrestling podcast. It's dealing with a lot of wrestling personalities and people within the business. But he's talking a lot more real-life stuff. It's called Struggling with Sozio. And uh, you can check it out on like pretty much all the plot, uh, podcast platforms. He's waiting for the iTunes. Uh, you know, they, 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 I don't even know what they do. Because he said on his show that like he... Uh, yeah, you know, like they check it for hate speech, and believe me, that's not the case because yeah, you know, my shit was verified, and I, there, there's no fucking way that they actually listen to my show if they're trying to have any kind of standards or practices around uh, the content that's on their their thing. I, I don't, I don't even know what it is, what they check into, but uh, they his shit will be on there shortly on uh, Apple podcast but it's on uh spotify and uh podbean and uh all that other kind of stuff so just search it out you'll find it um check out obviously my homie jeremy over there i got your five stars this fucking bills just whipped up on the fucking cowboys i fucking knew it man the, the, the cowboys are not shit man they're just not shit and uh you know i think he did something with tank recently Oh, and I got you five stars. Um, and then, uh, fucking, uh, my Niners, man. I mean, you, you gotta know that, that we're the real deal. We just beat the ever-loving shit out of the Packers. And, um, we have an enormously tough task ahead of us. Lamar Jackson is on an absolute tear and is one of the most dangerous, if not the most dangerous player in all of the NFL right now. Understand that we have the best defense in the NFL. I don't care what the fucking stats say this and that. 
when you watch our defense, we're, they're physically impressive and imposing. Uh, we've lost guys on our defense, and we still had Aaron Rodgers fucked. We, we, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't fucking live. And I'm telling you right now, regardless of what happens with the Ravens, because um, the Ravens, is, it, that's the scariest game to me. The thing I like about the Ravens is, like, you know, if, if we're fortunate enough to continue to click on all cylinders and do all the things that we're doing right, I think we can make it to the Super Bowl, and I think there's a huge chance that we see them there. So having this game against them on this Sunday, 1 o'clock, I, I feel like this is a good practice run at what we could be seeing in the Super Bowl. And, um, yeah, it gives us some film on them. I fucking hope we come out of this shit with a victory by any stretch of the imagination because, man, oh, man, like, it's unbelievable that we have 10 wins under our belt and people are still sleeping, but they are. Um, but Lamar Jackson is an absolute phenom. Um, he, he's unstoppable. He, his ability to run, I've never seen a quarterback making these moves in the middle of the field. He's not sliding. He's trying to spin off of guys, which I think is a mistake. I think that's a big, big mistake. Um, I think he's he's bound to get injured that way. I know he's a big, strong guy and everything, but quarterback spinning in the middle of the field is is generally not a good look. And, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes got hurt. Um, RG3 got fucking taken out. Um, I mean, even Jimmy G, you know, when he, when he blew out his fucking ACL, he did it up against the Kansas City Chiefs where he was trying to run around the, the corner – and instead of going out of bounds, he tried to turn up field to get the first down. And when he cut the turn up field and got hit, fucking ACL just blew right out. So it's something as simple as that. And that guy is so important to that franchise. Guys is probably going to win MVP. If it's not him, it's going to be Russell Wilson. And again, this is the most dangerous thing against us is a quarterback that can get the fuck out of there. Because regardless of what happens against these, uh, these Ravens, we're going to fuck Drew Brees up like that too believe that shit because if you can't get out of that backfield our fucking defensive line is coming they are fucking they are coming at you you got to sometimes double team boza you got to do some major shit the thing i do like about what's going on with the ravens right now is last week their center went out for the season so i'm hoping defarz buckner is coming up the middle for fucking lamar jackson and meeting his ass before he can make decisions to to go anywhere um, I'm looking for my defense to make big, big fucking plays out there. And um, the the Ravens have a really good run defense. So we've had games where our run was kind of brought to a screeching halt. But Jimmy G needs to step up because their pass defense is not good. We have the best pass defense in the league. And they um, they do not have a good pass defense. So Jimmy G can really light them up. George Kittle gets out there, makes some fucking moves. Emmanuel Sanders, Debo. Uh, these guys are out there and fucking uh, Colin gets, uh, not Colin, Jesus Christ. Uh, Jimmy G, <laughs> Colin gets out there on his couch and uh, <laughs> yells about slavery for a while while Jimmy G fires downfield. And uh, this could be one of those games that he puts up three, 400 yards if all things go well. And I think that's the kind of game that we're going to need if we're going to match up against uh, Lamar Jackson. Because the thing is, is, you know, we can go out there and hopefully put a stop to what he's doing or at least slow what he's doing. But if we can, it comes down to a fucking gunfight. And then I need Jimmy G to go out there and put up the points to battle down to the wire 
with the Baltimore Ravens. So this should be a hell of a game. This isn't something I'm going to, yeah, hey, man, I'll talk shit with Greg Excellent out there and, and whoever else wants to, to yap it up but because I love shit talk on football. But I'll tell you right now, we're playing a hell of a fucking team in the Baltimore Ravens. I think they're by far the best team in the AFC. And, you know, I just hope to stay the course and be the competitive team that we are and dominant force on defense. Jimmy's just getting better and better. Um, We have a great running game. Our passing game is getting better and better. Um, We've really showed that we could win the game various different ways. We're not a one-trick pony. And I think if Lamar Jackson becomes um, unable to perform up to his standards, I I don't think the Baltimore Ravens are a threat. We've had games where Jimmy wasn't as great and our run game stepped up or our defense stepped up or whatever. You know, I I don't think the Ravens are that. I think we're the most complete team in football. You know, they happen to have the biggest star and playmaker in football. You know, and there's not, that's not all there is to their team, but I think everything relies on Lamar Jackson carrying that game on his shoulders. So if we rattle him, which is not going to be easy, we stand a chance. Um, if you want to hear about a team that doesn't fucking matter, um, you could check out Eric at the fucking um, the Eagles still stand a chance at the playoffs because they're in the NFC East and it's the most garbage division in football podcast. Um, so you can check that out. Um, False Count Radio with Andrew Carluck. Check him out. Uh, he's reviewing all these different wrestling shows that I don't watch. So if you want to hear what's going on with them, Listen to him, and of course, my boys over there at the Wrestling Soup, Joe Numbers, Anthony Missionary, Thomas, John Draper, doing a fucking thing, as always. These guys are covering every fucking thing, and, uh, you know, digging deep on what the fuck's going on there, because these guys somehow are keeping laser focused on that on that stuff, and uh, I don't know how they do it, personally, but they, they've made, uh, they've made quite a business out of it for themselves, and, uh, I'm always glad to see, you know, how well that they do and how long they've been doing it and just pushing it, you know? So, uh, check them out, check all the shit out. Um, I think, I think I covered everything I wanted to cover. I don't fucking know, but, um, if not, you know, look, man, I'll, uh, I'll, try to do another one of these fucking next week and maybe maybe i'll watch that fucking uh czw show on saturday of course only hoping for double d destruction because you know sex sells man and i'm what can i tell you um so yeah i think that's about all i got you know we're just about done with this fucking thanksgiving Work this today, you know, a lot of people too, you know, they, they see I'm working and stuff and they're like, oh, well, how are you working on Thanksgiving? Got to understand guys, the cats don't go anywhere. So every single holiday, unless it's my normal day off, which is Sunday, I'm working. Um, usually work from nine to two on holidays. Just take care of my cats. Get out of there. Obviously we open at noon. So people come flooding in from going to the zoo and then they look at you like you're a dickhead. Because you're leaving early, but there's a reason why you're here today, because you're fucking off today, you know? Um, I, I never mind working, though, on holidays, because, I mean, my cats are my life, you know what I mean? So, 
you know, going in there and taking care of them. You know, I spoil them. I, you know, try to make days that, that are special to us, special to them. You know what I mean? Because they, they don't, they don't know any different from, you know, what we go through and what we deal with and, you know, days that become special to us, you know, why, why shouldn't they get something, you know? So I hook them up as I always do. And, you know, I give them the big bowls of wet food and, um, um, Christmas, I wrap these, these presents. I make like, um, like a pyramid of boxes and then I wrap the boxes, but I cut holes in the boxes before I wrap them. So, um, when they rip through the wrapping paper, they, there's a bowl of wet food on the bottom tier, then catnip and toys on the top tiers and then, you know, video the whole thing. And I've been doing that for a handful of years and, uh, it's fun to do. And again, it gives them something special. So, you know, they, they deserve it. You know, they, I, I am fucking animals over people all day long. I don't give a fuck what people think about that because it's just, you know, there's something very genuine and pure and respectable about animals that they, they're not going to fucking, they're not going to betray you. They're not going to, you know, you invest in them and you show them that, uh, you know, you're there for them and they're fucking real. You know, they're, they are what you get, you know, and if you really learn how to judge animals and, and, uh, you know, read their body language and things like that, you can get a lot further with them than other people do- that don't apply themselves with them would. And that's that's what I've prided myself on for 18 fucking years plus going and, um, you know, getting cats homes that people would otherwise count out. And I, I could talk for fucking hours about, you know, shelter life and the different things that I've done over the years and and cats that have become success stories that would have absolutely been dead without me. And I, I fight that battle every single day. So, um, it's, it's not even a question as far as working on, um, holidays or anything like that. It's just another day for me. Thanksgiving wise, you know, my family is pretty much just the family that I have in my house. You know, it's, it's just a bigger meal, different day. Um, you know, I don't have like a big, family to get together with and stuff um you know i mean it's great that people do and um you know some of them have the fucking families that like they don't it's just like a big fake gathering where they don't fuck with each other all year long and then they gotta just like suck it up and pretend like they like each other for that day and then you know they all talk shit when each other leaves but uh you know there, there are legitimate families out there that come together and uh, it's just like a great fucking gathering where they have a day and, you know, everybody's schedule is clear and they, they get together and really enjoy each other's company. And, you know, that that's that's a great thing. I've been involved in a couple of those, you know, going to other people's, <laughs> other people's Thanksgivings and shit in the past. But, uh, yeah, so hopefully everybody enjoyed their holiday and shit. I got all my fucking turkey and all the, the stuffing and fucking mashed potatoes and fucking sweet potatoes and fucking uh, cranberry sauce. And if you eat the fucking cranberry sauce in a can that looks like fucking jello and it's the shape of a can, you're a jerk off. Straight up. You get the fucking cranberries in the fucking bag. You put it in the fucking pot. You add some sugar to it. You fucking cook them up. Fucking delicious. Game over. You eat that fucking cranberry jello shit. You're just a jerk off. So I think I'll leave it on that. Um, oh, shout out to Bobby Anthem. This fucking thing. 
over there, uh, the Inhuman Experience. Um, I think that's about all I got. Let me just drop it on that. Peace. Yo, let me get that fat right there. Yeah, yeah, let me get the waves aboard too. Yeah, and the guts to play. Uh-huh. I want the skewers, I want the fucking birds fight. Hell yeah, I want the fucking light tubes. Give me that silver black too and wrap all that shit in barbed wire. You know what the fuck this is? This is your King Radio, you don't know what the fuck is about to go down. J-Cat is the king of the jungle and Yakuza King is the motherfucking show clown. You don't want to throw down. We spitting the wicked shit that don't get you offended by you bitch about a pronoun. He or she, her or him. All you heard's confirm when the words begin. Fuck that. I do with drum tracks just like you cause I do with light tunes and thumbtacks. One handed it'll bust your lip up. Slap the mat for flat back bumps with no tip up. You don't want to get up. You couldn't if you tried to. You thought there wouldn't be a homicide. You've been lied to. Yakuza kick will break your chin. You won't know when my foot into your face begins. Stay down, homie. Take the pin. You ain't got what it takes.